Hey folks, want to welcome you back to the Good Friends Reading Club. Want to welcome you back. Hey folks, we're here, we're representing Casper Mattresses. It's a mattress. You know, I used to do stand-up. I still do stand-up, but I, 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 I get mad when there's these guys who don't know what it's like to be a comic, you know? They don't know what it's like to be a comic, even though they do comedy. And I do comedy, too. Some people do comedy, they're called comics. Some people don't know what it's like to be a comic, and I get mad. Hey, folks, uh, we're going to keep the episode going here. We're going to introduce this, uh, the Good Friends Reading Club that were sponsored by Stamps.com. I love it. I send my cats through the mail back and forth to my ex-wives. I send them to them over and over again. I sent three cats to my ex-wife last week. The mailman said, we can't take that from you. I said, what the fuck? You know, I mean, it's, 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 hey, folks, uh, (laughs) I'm a comic, and I, I, what what type of comic are we talking here? Batman? I'm a, I'm a comic strip. I'm a superhero. Archie? I'm like the Flash or the Hulk man. Kathy? What's her name? Uh... Hey folks, Comic I don't know Kathy's Kathy. last name. I don't know Kathy's last name, and I don't know what 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 the Peanuts characters' names are either. I read it every Sunday. Good grief, man! That guy's crazy. Yeah, I'm well, glad he go. He left. I didn't even hear the he door. Started close. the show, and then he. What is that? Whoa! Is that is a cricket? I don't know. This is a good friend. Spooky club. The, yeah. Well, happy Halloween. Almost. Happy Halloween. It's yeah. The, it's that episode, I guess. Is well, this our Halloween episode? I was hoping we'd have a more of a spooky spectacular. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good idea. That's coming up. That. That's coming up. This is our seasonal harvest episode. That's like. Is it in this room? It must be, unless it's coming from your machine. <laughs> that's really funny. Hello. Well, we have a guest. Uh, a yeah. guest starred on this episode. Our guest, Madam Cicada, has joined us for another mm. installment of the Good Friends Reading Club. Uh, it's having <laughs> a very funny ambiance. How long is this going to happen? Did you are, did you plan this? I did. Listen, I, I I try to talk to the insects and control what they do, but they don't usually listen to me. And I didn't ask them to do this. It was very strange. Okay, well, it's okay, back folks. to school time. Hey, folks. Hello, hello, folks. Hello, folks. Please lock the gates on your way out. <laughs> Please lock the gate, my good squire. Oh, man. I can already tell this is going to be a good episode. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> you got the bugs coming out. <laughs> Oh, uh, there right, it goes. Right. Oh, never oh, mind. Never mind. <laughs> that was like that, you know, make the beat drop. <laughs> there it is. Well, that was kind of a weird, like, Michael Myers-y yeah. interlude that we should, you know, leave all this in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not editing. I want you to edit these less and less as we go on. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's, nobody's let's, listening let's to them anyway. Three hours. Long. We should we should make this really long. Next episode's going to be fifteen guests, one microphone, 
<laughs> no clothes. <laughs> the no only rules. Thing, no rules. Only mud and whiskey. Mm. Just a mud pit, whiskey, bunch of folding chairs. The cicadas also shows up again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's fall. It's back to school time. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, no more pencils. No more books. Except for... I mean, Except we're, for the reading club. Yeah, we need yeah, books. We need books. Or at least text. What the hell? Whoa, there's all sorts of interruptions. Damn. There's bugs coming from all directions. You know, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, don't I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can't take this. It's me getting up. Dan's left the room. Mark, I'm going to need you to come back here and... Open the gates. Unlock the gates. Unlock the gates. It's, um... Yeah, you know, no more teacher, no more pencils. We're not drawing here. Mm-hmm. Some more books. We are reading. Mm-hmm. No more teachers. You know, dirty looks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No more unions. Yeah. That's gone. No more unions. No more health care. Mm-hmm. No more clean air. Yeah. No more brown bears. Yeah. They're all dead. Are there polar bears, though? They're actually dying at a quicker rate than the right. brown bears. Yeah. Yeah. The brown bears are doing better than the polar bears. Yeah. But the polar bears are more ruthless than the brown bears. Yeah. That's funny, because people think that they're good, because they're just, you know, people are people say this shit to me all the time. They're like, yeah, I love the Coca-Cola bears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like, I love the Coca-Cola bears. Right. And I'm like, you fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> They're they're, yeah, they're they're animals. They're grizzly. Yeah, they're, they're all. I mean, grizzly bears are all bears, really. Grizz, yeah, every they're bear grizzly. is grizzly. Every bear is ruthless. You know, will stop at nothing to get what it wants. Yeah, you know, to get to the top of the social scene that it's in. Bears are ladder climbers. They're people pleasers, name droppers. The only reason that they you know, maul and maim people is so that people will know that they're like, know their name. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I saw a bear recently and he was like, my, my good friend Smokey. And I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know? And also it's, he's not Smokey anymore. He's vapey. It's 2018. Yeah. He's Julie. It's yeah. They, they, <laughs> it's Julie the bear. Julie the bear. Do you think Smokey the bear could fight and kill Yogi bear and boo boo? Now, before you answer that, do you think he should kill Smokey Bear and Boo Boo as well? Should, could, would. You know, all of those. You're saying, should Smokey kill Yogi and Boo Boo? Well, first, can he? And then, should he? And then, will he? I think he, yeah, I think he could. You think he could? Yeah. Uh, He's got weapons, right? Isn't he always carrying a shovel? Yeah, he probably has a gun at this point, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, Smokey seems like he probably came from, like, a military or, like, law enforcement type family. Yeah. And doesn't really have much tolerance for the underclass, like Yogi and and Boo Boo. Yeah. Just kind of living off of other people's, like, food in the park. Yeah, Smokey's more of, like, a renegade uh, uh, park ranger. Like, he's more like, if I catch you smoking, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, he's like a Bundy Ranch type yeah. guy. He's like, 
don't take the right my right to hunt for yeah. me you know i'm allowed to hunt on this land but it's like you know like a reservoir that's specifically meant for drinking water and he's like i'm allowed to kill there you're taking away my freedom you know yeah and you're just like smoky like listen everyone loves you like you're the champ but like there needs to be law and order and he's like listen up you fucking wuss you know i'm smoky the bear you cucks and he's he's drunk now too this yeah. is after his successful forest fire campaign was so lucrative and earned him so much money that he saved and, and earned by saving the forests yeah they paid him a lot to do that yeah the yeah. forest did right big forest um <laughs> they paid him a whole bunch big lumber big lumber yeah yeah big wood i think Smokey's probably a maga guy now yeah he's probably got a one of those hats or he's like a ron paul guy you know? yeah he's like more of a libertarian yeah He's like, I don't think we should invade countries, but I am going to fight my neighbor. You know, he's like that type of guy. <laughs> well, oh yeah, so 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 he can kill Yogi and Boo Boo. Should he kill Yogi and Boo Boo, and will he? I guess we, we answered those, but yes and yes, too, right? I don't like Yogi. You don't like Yogi? Eh. Like, what is, what is Yogi? He's kind of a weird creep. I guess. Like, is he like Rodney Dangerfield, sort of? He's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Hey, boo-boo, I got no respect, or something like that. Yeah, it's like, if you want respect, maybe you should stop stealing picnic baskets from people, huh? Yeah, yeah. You should get a job and feed your kids. Right. You know? You fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's, he's fine. I mean, I don't think Smokey should kill them. But I do think he will, mm-hmm. you know. But then I think Balto will kill Smokey. He's yeah. got rabies now. I don't know. And he's going to kill Smokey. And then oh. Ted Nugent is going to kill Balto. Yeah. <laughs> and then eat the rabies meat. That's what yeah. Autumn is all about. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Circle of life. Predation. You know, the predator and the prey. Uh-huh. You know, because the changing leaves are the predator. And then the people who the leaves fall on are the prey. Right. It's like they're hunting everyone with uh, with autumnal magic and seasonal beauty. Uh-huh. You know? Right. They're, like, targeting everyone. They've got everyone in their scope. You know, they're in the clock tower. They've got the sights firmly trained on our foreheads. But the bullets are made out of seasonal wonder. Right. And... and I and, mean, who could resist? Yeah. You know? It's, uh, it's stupefying. You ever hear that Disturbed song, Stupefy? No. That's a good one. I don't think so. He's, uh, uh, I forget it. He's like, it has a ridiculous verse where he's just like, all I ever wanted was just one. He does like, he has like a specific guttural thing that he does on every like single of theirs Uh where it's like, you know. And, And he wants a rock? Is that what he's saying? I think one of them is like, I want to just want fuck. Like he like <laughs> he like says fuck and then he says buck and rock or cock. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> the specific. I just want one. I just want one. I just want to try one. I just want to try a cock. I mean, yeah, you know, no one's ever like, I want, I want three if you've never had one. I bet there's people who want thousands. But on their first try. On their first know, try. Yeah. What about like a scientist who's like, I want a thousand so that I can harvest them. 
It's like people who are like who've never done hallucinogens or something. It was like I yeah. want all of your tabs of acid and say, like, yeah. well, maybe just start with one and see how you like it, and then if you like it, then you know have more from there. Yeah, but then they lick the whole sheet. Somehow they turn into one of the letters of the alphabet permanently. <laughs> Anyhow, letters of the alphabet. It is school season. Mm-hmm. School season, harvest time. You know, um, and this time of year really makes me nostalgic for the heartland kind of fall. You know, driving past the fields where the corn has grown and the wheat is grown. You know, mm-hmm. and we have a couple of stories today that come to us from the heartland of America. They come to us from the Kansas Historical Society from an exhibit they have called Wheat People, which is a funny name for what I mean, you know. Yeah. I feel like it would be a funny, even derogatory for the people from Kansas, you know. But it's like a. Uh, it, oh. so they it's that's a self-appointed uh, oh yeah that's nickname? what that's what that's, that's what the uh, exhibit's called right yeah wheat people the whole time I just uh, I, maybe it's just me but I was like that it looks a lot like the phrase white people you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like, you know what I mean like it sounds like a play on white people yeah I mean wheat people <laughs> the people who wrote this these stories are certainly white I don't know if there's any whiter stories that have ever been written <laughs> yeah um, should we just dig into it <laughs> yeah let's let's dive in they're, they're tales from the harvest these are tales from actual people I looked up harvest tales I wanted to see if there's any good harvest myths or anything and I found this which was actual stories if you can call them that uh, from people who work the harvest in Kansas, in America. So, here we go. Uh, so do you want read to... one? Uh, which one do you want to read? Do you, um, do you want to read one? I'll, I'll read the first one, I guess, if that's... Uh... It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, okay, so this was written by Le- uh, Leela Larson-Hope. Harvest in the early 20s. So this is a period piece. It is a period piece, yeah. It's like Days of Heaven or... Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this is a true harvesting experience in north-central Kansas in the early 1920s around Leonardville, Wallsburg, Randolph, and Garrison, Kansas. I'm glad that she specified... Well, one of the best parts about this thing, and I mean, this is a very, like, looking at their website, it's a very sincere curation of, like, stories that I'm sure don't really get told, so I don't mean to shit on it. Yeah, But it is kind of, like, insane that there are stories from, they have it organized by parts of Kansas. Right. There's, like, northwest Kansas and north Kansas and, like, southwest Kansas, and it's like, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know there were that, you know, I didn't know there were nuances to Kansas. The more you learn. Um, you know, I mean, like, we picked this for the podcast, so we're going to shit on it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna tear it down from that fucking pedestal. <laughs> yeah, they need, these Kansans need to learn their place. Yeah. Okay, there were no pickup trucks, no combines, no gasoline-powered equipment, just horse, man, woman, and child power. 
That's that'll be, It'd be funny about two people power. with this. I'm horseman woman, and this is child power. Uh, no horseman woman and child power, as that was all that was available. The John Deere binder was pulled by a four horse span or by mules. The grain was hauled by horsepower to the granary in the ever useful lumber wagon, which had been reinforced with sideboards to carry a larger load. However, after cutting the wheat, which came from the binder in 20 to 30 pound bundles, it had to be shocked or stacked in neat piles. After the wheat stayed in the shock a given number of weeks to dry it, I need to learn pacing when I'm reading this. Yeah, After take the your wheat, time. This <laughs> make me nervous. Just picture, picture yourself, you know, laying in the fields after a long day's harvest. After the wheat stayed in the shock, a given number of weeks to dry, it was loaded onto a hay rack, then moved to a certain area and stacked. The bundles were very slick, and it took a genius such as my Uncle Charlie to stack them just right so the whole stack wouldn't come sliding down and fall apart. Thrashing time, in quotes, with all the family and neighbors gathered to work together just sounded romantic. In reality, it was just plain hard work for all the family and gathered neighbors. Several farmers in the area pulled their resources and bought a thrashing machine, and it was garaged on my Uncle Charlie's and my dad's place. As they were in partnership and had the space and garage for it. Garage is in quotes. I don't really know why. If I'm remembering correctly, there's a lot of weird quotation marks in this one. Yeah, the machine, in quotes, uh, took a crew of men to run the steam engine and Altman Taylor, uh, which I can only assume is Robert Altman and Jonathan Taylor, uh, Thomas, they partnered and they made this steam engine together. That assumption would be correct. Yeah. Which furnished the power to the thrasher plus a crew to pitch the bundles into the thrasher and then another crew to haul it to the granaries with horse or mule power. Uh, the woman power came in the form of feeding the thrashing crew at noon and supper. It was done on wood, corn cob, or coal stoves in temperatures over 100 degrees. It was a formidable task for our household as there was only one housewife, in quotes. Uh, but with the help of good neighbors and wonderful in-law, in quotes, also hyphen, power, in-law power. What is that? They really had kind of an agenda to... Get the word power into the language more. Yeah. And wonderful in-law power all were fed after washing hands and faces with homemade soap. Uh, That's a parenthetical. I don't know why you needed... I mean, I guess they made their own soap. Okay, that's cool. Um, I mean, I was curious. I was like, what are they washing themselves with? (laughs) Is it shit? Yeah. yeah. Where did they get... Is it store-bought or homemade? I need to know. Uh... In-law power, all all were fed after washing hands and faces on long wooden benches set up outside the house in the shade. Not cool shade. So it's it's hot shade? It's 
It's just a cool, like a, a patch of shade that a bunch of nerds are hanging out in. Oh, it's not cool. It's not cool. It's li- yeah, okay, it's yeah. not. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's for it's for dweebs. Yeah. Child power came in many forms as there were, were no child labor laws then. Or at least we never were told of them. Child Children worked shocking, stacking, driving teams of horses or mules... And on the feeding crews, right alongside of the men, the crew of men, uh, one summer harvest stands out in my mind, particularly as my cousin, Evelyn Larson Titterman, and I had just finished shocking wheat at home, and our neighbor asked us to shock his wheat. (laughs) His farm was two hills east of our farm, and in brackets uh we had to walk both ways in the kansas heat after shocking wheat and oats for five long days we were paid the grand sum of five dollars a piece uh this ends in two exclamation points and that's the end of the of the story wow that was great um i guess it was paraphrased or something it was was it dictated? To well, there someone? are a lot of like ellipses, and like there's that and was in brackets. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was told maybe, to people. Maybe this was like in a newspaper or something. Could be, or it could have been like a audio recordings. Like they went around to people's houses. Uh-huh. That would make a lot more sense than these people getting online and submitting their own stories about the harvest. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like these stories, you know, not to sound like, I don't know, elitist or something. Uh, these are real people. These were real Americans telling real stories, working class stories. But I was surprised that these people who submitted these stories even knew what the Internet was. <laughs> Some of these, I'm like, do these people, after a long day's work, are they like, oh, you know who needs to know about this? The same platform that brought us Charlie Bit My Finger. Yeah. And, and Two Girls, One Cup. Right. Meat Spin. <laughs> I mean, Kansas, you know, it's a different place. It's uh, it's truly, it's unrelentingly uh, boring. I retained none of that story I just read. I, mean, it's all I, I couldn't tell you what that was about. It's yeah. all just like, we would take things on the wagon, which we would have you know was... T- taken by two mules but they weren't big mules they were medium-sized mules that my uncle harry was the only one who knew how it is just like nothing you're just like saying what was happening right i mean it is i guess it's good that like people get a platform to talk about what they do on a day-to-day basis because like it's getting it's all getting done somewhere yeah yeah can't pretend it's not happening no so it's as much as we want it's nice to humor if people want to tell me what they're doing how they're you know but i'm just saying then you got to listen to me talk about you know premiere pro and the ins and outs of you know when you uh you know when there's drop frames and you gotta yeah how do you what do you do yeah twixter how do you how do you get that how do you get the frame rate conversion you know like without completely slowing it down yeah no they have to listen to us you know i mean yeah like i'd have to be able to tell them like you know listen like our 
the 30 month deadline for the PCT is tomorrow. And the, the Thai associate still hasn't gotten back to us and the Korean associates in a similar time zone. So we're going to email the Korean associate and tell them, we'll send them the client letter block from the Thai associate and we'll tell them, can you please contact the Thai associate since you're in a similar time zone, the 30 month deadline is tomorrow, you know, to enter the national uh, phase yeah. of the patent application. And, you know, I mean, if 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 they want to be sharing those harvest stories, they're gonna to have to listen to me talk about that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Uh, tit for tat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, should we do another one? Yeah, let's I'll do, do another, another one. one. Let's see. This next one comes from Douglas County zero one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Riley County didn't have a number next to it. Yeah, I, I guess a printing error. We're to assume that there's more than one. Yeah, there uh, could Douglas be County. More than one Douglas County in Kansas. <laughs> now that I think about it, are they? Hold on, are they? Are they that stupid? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. And I know I said I wasn't going to be elitist, but are these people really that dumb? Well, it, when you get to the middle of any country. They're just, like, so far away from ports and stuff that, mm-hmm. like, I feel like there is intelligence there, but it operates on a much different level than we understand. Yeah. Like, they're not good at coastal intelligence. Right. But they know how to, you know, properly have sex with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, a offensive to them, I guess. I'm just kidding. I mean, um, no, they they know how to, like, actually grow their own food mm-hmm. or probably not anymore. I mean, at this point, when I've driven through the Midwest, I mean, it's sad, you know. It's yeah. like Burger Kings and, like, I don't know, Walmarts because all the farming's gone. Basically, or a lot of it is. So you've gone from like stories like this, you know, where it's like we would do the harvest and then we would eat with everybody would sit on the haystacks and eat after the harvest. And now we've gone to like we work at the Rite Aid and then, you know, we after we're done at the Rite Aid, I go home and I do pills and then go back to the Rite Aid. And it's like, I mean, that's the way it is in South Jersey, too. It's not like... You know, well, yeah, yeah, that different, but but that's a lot of people's. I mean, it's just a funny trajectory in America, and I guess in any like developed economy, is you go from like these boom periods, like the post World War Two period, where there was just plenty, yeah, and like the the norm, at least I mean, not for everybody, obviously, like, but the norm for like white middle class was sort of like you could get a like a good job and that like your progeny could find things to do generally. Yeah. Um, you could get a job in a factory, you could do all these things and there's just like this widespread lack of like meaningful work. And I think that stuff really hits people like this pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Cause like you can tell from these texts that all these people have is their jobs. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that maybe is what, farming attracts the most is like the sort of practically minded task minded people mm-hmm. who are just like live in their in in the tasks the people who because i guess economies kind of do need 
people like this. Oh, yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get all the fucking artists in Brooklyn and Los Angeles to do it. Even if they are socialists or whatever, they're not uh-huh. going to, they don't want to go out there and yeah, yeah. cut down the wheat. And, yeah. It's all like theoretical. So, yeah. Well, someone yeah. else will do that. It's like someone right? should, right? you know, please, <laughs> I need to be, <laughs> I need, to I need, be, I need, this will only work if, if someone's willing to do this. I need to still be able to be a professor, but, mm-hmm. but, but you, somebody, you know, work i mean i'm guilty of that like yeah it's for sure you know i'm not you know i'm not trying to sound like an elitist here but no speaking of elitists this one this story is harvest tale is called governor alf landon big wig big shot mm-hmm. that's my added comment the title is govern so Go- it didn't say that no it didn't the- say that okay. no 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 the title is Governor Alf Landon Visits the Shake Farm. This is a wheat harvest family memory that goes, quote, way back, unquote. <laughs> it goes back to when my grandfather was farming near Bismarck Station in Douglas County. This land had belonged to the Delaware Indians before William Shake, my great-grandfather, acquired it. Is that an abbreviation of William Shakespeare? It could be, yeah. Much ado about wheat harvest. (laughs) Must Much ado about uh, pretty much nothing. A midsummer night's hanging out in the straw. (laughs) On July 15th, 1935, so the story goes... The governor of Kansas, Alfred M. Landon, came to the Shake Land to originate a nationwide broadcast via KMBC called The Story of Wheat. My grandfather, Edward C. Shake. Now, it's spelled S-C-H-A-A-K-E. I'm saying shake. Okay. Should it be shack, you think, or shaky? Uh, I'm going to keep saying shake. Let's not even analyze it. Asked the crew, uh, my grandfather, Edward C. Shake, asked the crew, shirtless before noon, <laughs> to stop the thresher to, so that the voices could be heard. Shirtless before noon is really good. Like on a gravestone. Yeah. You know, you oh, know, yeah. Shirtless it's before noon. Yeah. The interview began with a question about a nephew of his who played big six, big six football at KU. Elmer Shake now in the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. Then talk turned to the process of planting and harvesting the wheat. Next paragraph. That day, the governor made a plea for Americans to eat one more slice of bread a day. Such was the governor's proposal to help solve the nation's agricultural problems in 1935. As the CBS network broke away to a Kansas City elevator and the Board of Trade, the crowd in the field moved to the farmyard where a meal of fried chicken, potatoes and gravy, and bread awaited them. My mother, Irene, and grandmother, Magdalena, would have had a part in preparing that meal. Perhaps my aunt, Frida, did too. When my turn came to help with the food at noon, times had changed. My grandfather had died before I was born, 
and my father, John, the wording is kind of interesting. It's all combined into like one thought. You know, by the time Nunes came around, my grandfather had died before I was born. Um, and my father, John H. Vogel, modernized the equipment by harvesting with a combine. He did not want the crew to come back to the farmyard for lunch because to do so would waste time. Consequently, I drove lunches to the field. And the men ate in the shade of the combine or the harvest truck, wherever they could catch a breeze. In the kitchen, my mother had prepared sandwiches on bread spread with butter and mayonnaise. She added ham or luncheon meats, cheese, sweet pickles, and sometimes thin slices of garden tomatoes. Using waxed paper, she wrapped each sandwich as carefully as gently as she would a Christmas gift. She talked to those in roaster pans. Dessert was often homemade cookies or cherry pie. My father and the hired hands usually kept the jars of fresh ice water with them in the fields so that I returned to the house with empty roaster trays and coffee jars. That's the end. Uh, again, didn't <laughs> it's 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 hard to to grab my attention. It's um I mean it does kind of feel like there's a story like Told by a like a ninety year old, yeah, recanting yeah. what they can remember, and you listen. You know, you, you you're respectful, and you you know, as if you were listening to an old person telling a story, where you nod and you make them feel like they're not alone. But at the end of the day, you're just like, I I don't know what, yeah, what that was, yeah. What is that? What is it? Well, this is the heavy hitter of the bunch. Let me get through this one real quickly. Yeah, this one. This one is a rootin' tootin' hootin' nanny anny anny. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. This one is called an embarrassing mealtime incident. Uh, it starts out with brackets. My brother Sam in brackets and dad worked together, harvesting wheat with a header. The header required six horses to pull it, plus two beat teams with the two header bargers. Our string of horses must have resembled resembled a caravan of some safari in Africa. At the noon hour, the horses were unhitched on a grassy ravine. After they were fed hay and grain, we spread old horse blankets on the grass under the header barges parked side by side to provide us with shade. At this time, Sister Susie and Clara had arrived with horse and buggy with a big dinner of potatoes, gravy, beef, or fried chicken, slaw, cooked green beans, or fresh peas from the garden. All the food was still warm, as was the coffee. At times, they brought lemonade. This was the best part of the day, a time to eat and relax after being both tired and hungry. Some sat on the ground, some squatted, and some half-reclined. Dad always said a prayer before and after the meal, while everyone bowed their head. We were usually too busy eating to talk, so we ate in silence. While eating, we could hear the horses chewing their hay, since they were but a short distance from us. Sometimes, the girls would have to chase flies from the dishes of food. So, it came to pass, on one of those peaceful noon hours, when all was painfully quiet, there came a terrific loud blast of escaping gas from one of our best mares, Molly. It wasn't a short one, rather. It started on a low pitch, 
increased to a higher and louder pitch, and then descended in a decrescendo. We looked at each other dumbfounded, (laughs) not knowing what we should do or say. Philip was the first to burst into a laugh after being unable to suppress the laughter. Of course, that touched off the rest of us, and we all joined in in a hearty chorus of laughter. But our two modest sisters, Susie and Clara, were too frightfully embarrassed to laugh, but they couldn't hide their blushes. This event was certainly one of my sisters' most embarrassing moments of their life. Uh... (laughs) Okay, and we're back. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, in full transparency, I think we should tell the, the viewers that there was a cut... Yeah, uh, they didn't. They wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't it. have known. Uh, but there was. Now we're back because I had to pee. Yeah, and I was so. just sitting here for a moment. Yeah, thinking uh, about. Think of just sitting. And we might even everything. cut this out, but yeah, we might. In which case, you won't even know that anything. We'll see was how wrong. it goes. Yeah, we might even cut me out <laughs> of life, depending on how tonight goes. We might yeah. even cut my life into pieces. Yeah, this is my last resort. <laughs> This is my first... What if it was like, this is my first resort? This is my first... Re- I've never been to Sandals before. <laughs> you ever see the video for... Um, we'll leave all this in the Papa Roach talk. <laughs> you ever see the video for Scars? You remember that song? By Papa Roach? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, like, I don't even know if I know that song. It's a... Uh, Tear my no, what is it? Tear my heart open. Oh I yeah, yeah. Shut. That was like a later oh, song, really, right? I care too much or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And the video is just like some guy, and I think like his like he's like dating a like a you know hot younger woman or something, and but she <laughs> like relapses and then burns the house down and like mm-hmm. ruins his life. It's very like <laughs> stupid and sexist. Like it's. Jesus. Clear that that guy doesn't have a capability to imagine much of anything. Much of anything, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you remember that song? Because I had the um, the first. We don't have to talk about this too much. No, go, um, go off. The the first album that like Last Resort was on. Yeah, yeah. Remember that song, Blood Brothers? The song's no. actually pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's in Tony Hawk. Uh, I want to say like two or three. But it's like got this cool riff, like, and it's like, it's in our nature to destroy ourselves. It's in our nature to kill ourselves. Hell yeah, that's uh, in my nature. It's not bad. Yeah, but they're like almost a you know like I, a pop punk band at certain points. Yeah, or something. I mean, I say it's not bad. It's trash. Uh, and you know, and I sound like an idiot saying any of this. Hey, I mean, you could never sound dumber than the guy from Papa Roach. That's true. At least I'm not that guy. I just listen to that guy. Yeah, and take what he says. He had like a TV show, gospel. Yeah, yeah. I I live it literally, as Martin Luther once did, in the words of the New and Old Testament, (laughs) but mainly New, I suppose. Yeah, speaking of the New Testament, yeah, Kansas. Yeah, I guess let's, let's move back to that. We gotten through it. You know, the last story, it's a walloping good time. They got out to the meadow, started eating, then a horse farted pretty loud. Yeah. And then the narrator's sisters were embarrassed. Now that's the kind of, like, that story I feel like is is uh, uh, accessible to everyone. Yeah. Uh, 
even the liberal elites, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like us. Is that us? I don't know. <laughs> what are we? I, I don't think I don't I don't I don't think the MAGA people really have a no really yeah, idea of what they're not listening to this. No, no, they don't know. They're, uh, they're 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 looking at like you know no one's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, they're looking at like Barack Obama doing the hustle with Ellen DeGeneres right on. No, sorry, you know, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, oh man, yeah. I told you about that guy I worked with who said yeah, that to yeah. me, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a. He was talking about how it's bad that she's gay. That was his point. I think yeah. he was like, he, I, <laughs> "Sorry to re- you know this story, but for the listeners, this guy I worked with Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, her television show, ever heard of it? Um, was like in town filming in Philly and." And uh, and there was a lot of traffic, and I had to like deal with drivers who were picking up documents for me and stuff for like a legal thing. And I was like, he asked me why there was so much traffic. This kind of conservative libertarian guy, and I was like, oh, I think the Ellen DeGeneres show is like filming stuff here. He's like, oh, Ellen DeGeneres, and I was like, yeah, yeah, Ellen DeGeneres shows here. <laughs> And he's like, no, you didn't hear me. Ellen DeGeneres. And I was like, yep, Ellen DeGeneres is here. And he's like, Ellen DeGeneres. You know, he's just like wanted me to get on his he's burn to that so joke. bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't funny, you know. No. That's a funny person to call a degenerate, but if we get into that another time. <laughs> to look at Ellen and be like, what a degenerate. <laughs> This person in just like like the most expensive like clothes and just just like totally the most successful like yeah. positive. I mean, I don't know what she's like in person, but like like the most. All right, well, I think we're done with Kansas. Yeah, um, that was a you know I I just want to read different kinds of things. Felt like that was a different kind of thing. Yeah, you know than we've done before. We're just gonna read the same bullshit. It's fucking like stupid. Let's see what Middle America is all about. Yeah, let's you know? see what's going on out there. Guess what's going on out there? Fucking nothing. Yeah, you know there there must be like a cool reality to the Midwest, or they're just so economically. <laughs> no, it's just so big. You know, it's so hard to wrap yeah. my my brain around like. The idea that there could be such a large expanse with yeah. no like culture, cultural things of value. I mean, there's there's a lot of life happening. It's it's all happening. It's all there. No, there's kind of flattening of experience too, where it's like, and I think they're more susceptible to it there than we are here. Yeah, because like because people's lives are more focused on work, their recreation you know, has been substituted more and more with television and, like, brands as that's become more of a part of our economy. So, like, life in all of those places has become more and more homogenized. Mm -hmm. Where it's, like, you know, before where the culture of a certain place was sort of just, like, the land and the people who live there and the things that happen there. Now it's, like, everyone's culture is turning on a television and that's like the culture that you yeah you know inherit there's not a all the farming is like corporate now yeah you don't really have yeah. like a ma and pa run the farm and you go out and you play with the dog after dinner time and that's like the night you go to sleep at 8 30 p.m wake up at 5 30 a.m 
you know. Yeah. Your uncle lives up the hill. You don't really have that anymore. Now you have like the feed lot in town that like employs everybody. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, some of your cousins work there and they're addicted to Oxycontin because their fucking backs are broken from killing, you know, cows or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just theorizing what's going on. I mean, but yeah, it's the thing. We don't know what's really, we don't know. There. Yeah, we don't know. But it's these stories. Yeah. It's reading. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not the host. You, you say it's, this is your, Hey, you, I think we've opened You're our the minds. one who's got to say the, you know, the philosophical, <laughs> why it's good. Yeah. That we're doing this. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm Paul Schaefer over here. Yeah. You're Letterman. So I'm you, Letterman. you tell us why this is important. Listen, there is a, somebody is blackmailing me. <laughs> I'm trying to do his voice. I can't. <laughs> this sick person decided to use an encounter from years ago to blackmail me. Is this supposed to be Letterman? <laughs> yeah, it's not. But... <laughs> hey, listen, it's me, David Letterman. <laughs> Hey, Pilgrim. Hey, it's, uh, it's me, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about being David Letterman is that I really like feet. Uh, All right. Uh, this day in reading history. Yeah, it didn't sound like Letterman. I don't know how to sound like... I mean, look, I have no idea how I'm to I'm having do a hard time placing his tone. Yeah, what is he... Uh, I just wanted to make fun uh, of him for admitting that he got he, he got blackmailed for cheating on his wife yeah, yeah. and doing that on TV. And everybody was sort of just like, okay. You know, nobody really gave him shit for that, I don't think, because it was so awkward and strange. Yeah, it was. And it was kind of like the only thing he could do. Yeah. He was like, I'm just getting in front of this now. And everybody was like, you know, just clapping and stuff. Right. But uh, yeah, pretty funny. And then the classic. Well, now he's got a new show. Yeah, exactly. You know, next thing we know, Louis C.K. will have a new show. And yeah, exactly. All you have to do is tell the truth. Yeah. Well, even if you're a shitty person. Yeah, you can be a bad man. Speaking of bad men, there's a lot of bad men born on September 27th. You know, we got William the Conqueror. Well, no, he wasn't born today. Actually, in 1066. Him and his army set sail from the mouth of the Somme River, beginning the Norman conquest of England. So that has to do with reading, because I imagine they had to probably read the map. You know? Yeah, yeah. Legends and yeah uh, to know. get from Normandy to England. Um, World War Two, nineteen forty. In this day, in you know September twenty seventh, the Tripartite Pact is signed in Berlin by Germany, Japan, and Italy. Now, those were the good guys, right? That was the... Were they the good guys in World War II? Uh, or were they the bad guys? I I think... Uh, yeah, I think they were bad. They were the bad guys? I don't... I don't... I think Japan made a mistake. Japan made a mistake? Yeah. I don't think they should have been on that side of history. It is funny how radically different those countries are. And how, like ridiculous their alliance seems now yeah yeah today it's like what japan and germany and germany and it's like would they have cooperated if they won with one another well that's what that show uh man in the high castle is all about oh yeah they like i guess japan took the west coast and 
Germany took the East Coast, and they didn't. No one did anything about Middle America. Yeah, like, no one wants that anyway. Kansas, they can still be. They just let the governor governor land and keep visiting. Yeah, and everybody could still have embarrassing mealtime incidents. And I wish our podcast was big enough where we would get like angry emails, <laughs> angry Kansans being like, "How dare you say this? How dare you? Our great state." I think it's fine. Honestly, I would go on the record and say that everyone in New York and Los Angeles should die and be replaced with everyone in Kansas. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> you know, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Somebody kill me. No, I what? feel like you could not argue that any one place is better than any other place. Except for the fact that some places have more interesting resources and things in them. And others don't. You know, mm-hmm. and tough cookies. You know, speaking of tough cookies, <laughs> September 27, 1962, the Yemen Arab Republic was established. That's one tough cookie fighting against the Saudi regime. Yeah. You know, being bombed with U.S. dollars. Talk about tough cookies. Let's not get started on 1962. Yeah, don't get, don't, don't get Dan started on down a, a very dark rabbit hole. Yeah, Dan is. A, a, a vocal supporter of the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Houthi, what? what? Yeah, Houthi, what's it? Houthi, <laughs> what's it now? Rachel Carson's book, Silent Spring, was published today in 1962, inspiring an environmental movement and the creation of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. You know, that's cool. It was like an anti pesticide book. Cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Uh,. The Battle of Kabul, 96, ended in a Taliban victory, also pretty cool, which established the Islamic, Islamic, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. The Google Internet search engine retroactively claims this date as its birthday in 1998. So happy birthday, Google. Retroactively, meaning that's not, that's not their actual birthday. I guess not. I mean... Yeah, I guess probably not. Well, <laughs> I mean, why even? What like what? <laughs> why even like lie? Like just, I don't know. What do they want? Elon man? Musk was charged with fraud today. Yeah, you? I saw that. That, that was, was pretty, pretty funny. Cool. Yeah, just because he tweeted some shit. I mean, not just because he tweeted some shit. He tweeted something very stupid, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, these uh, these tech bros are, are really the hammer's coming down on them. The E ham. Yeah, the E ham. Exactly. Yeah, he's going. He'll be gone soon. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> and just so we're clear, I have his address and I will kill him. <laughs> uh Gwyneth Paltrow was born today. <laughs> Goop. This day in reading history. This is really... <laughs> I, just, I didn't even have a chance to make any of this stuff have anything to do with reading. <laughs> but, yeah. With Paltrow. Maybe we should just go to our last feature. I guess we've been going for a while. Uh, let's see... Holidays and observances today. There's some Christian feast days. 
Those aren't that interesting. <laughs> Today is World Tourism Day. It's an international holiday. World Tourism Day. Yeah, that's important. French Community Holiday. Polish Underground States Day. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that the Polish government should be worried about. <laughs> you know, the underground has a has a holiday. <laughs> The, the rebellion, the resistance, the hashtag resistance of Poland. Also, Hugh Hefner died one year ago today. You know? Uh, the Hef. Yeah, that guy who made his entire life uh, basically the premise of the man show. You know, what the man show was. Yeah. That's what Hugh Hefner's life was. Yeah. He probably did some shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, a horrible, horrible person. Uh, Nary a... Um, is that the right word? Yeah. It is. Nary a man, you know, who's in power and famous, who you know, hasn't done some shit at this point. Yeah, he's... It's all very depressing. It's sad. But why don't we transition out of that, talk about something that makes us both excited. Which again is fall, autumn. Yeah, you you love Halloween, don't you? I do like Halloween. Yeah, kind of like picked up some some hints. Yeah, like I've been I'm, dressing up as Michael Myers, and <laughs> <laughs> wielding a rubber knife. Yeah, every day when I'm walking around, one of the those house. like pump you like pump it in your one hand, and it it goes and it the blood. Yeah, you know, fake blood uh, or or real blood. I don't mm-hmm. know. I co- I go outside. Every night, and I knock on the door and say "trick or treat," and I ask for candy. <laughs> Every night, uh, candy is this girl you've been seeing, right? Yeah, right. yeah, Candace. Right. Yeah, I say they're like she's not here for the last time, and I'm like trick or treat. <laughs> is this a trick? Are you gonna treat me to the presence of my girl candy? Because <laughs> you got my girl candy in there. <laughs> I'm gonna I trick you. Candy. I'm gonna trick you into letting me get to my girl. Cause we're gonna skip this town, Daddy O. <laughs> we're gonna drive away. What what year time? <laughs> when is this? This is South Jersey in the early 2030s. <laughs> after it's combined with Southern California, and is also in hell, Daddy O. <laughs> Daddy O. Um. So it's fall. And I figured, why not read another different kind of thing, you know? Um, so it's fall, and people dress differently for fall. I don't. I wear the same clothes every day for years, because I don't really think about clothing very much. That's probably, yeah, uh, I feel yeah. you know, a sign of something. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, it's fall fashion weather. And we've got this article here from the magazine Harper's Bazaar. Bazaar, right? Two A's? Two Bizarre. A's. Bazaar. I know how it's pronounced. I thought that would go over better than... I didn't even think it was funny once I started <laughs> saying it. You didn't think it was funny. Anyhow, this is 50 fall outfit ideas that will have you excited for cooler weather. Subtitle. The look fashion girls will be loving this fall. You know, and I'm not, I don't know anything about fashion. I'm assuming that you don't either, right? 
No, no, no. I yeah. I mean, I don't mean that as a passive. You dress better than I do. But. <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, I don't. I don't really think about clothing. I'm sort of in the same boat as you. In fact, most of the most of my favorite clothing has been people have given me, like friends and uh, my partner. You know, it's I feel good about that. Like, yeah. I don't really like clothes shop clothing shopping. Clothing shopping. Clothes. Yeah. The clothes. <laughs> Closed shop. I don't know. I don't know how to pick out my clothes, uh, because it all. I don't know. It just. I don't have an eye for it, and it all looks the same. But then someone will point out a piece of clothing that's like, "Oh, this shirt is so you. You would look great in this shirt." And then I once once they tell me that I'm like, "Oh, you're right. I would like." And then I, and then I wear it for years. And yeah, I still have shirts like that, and it's it's nice. I definitely wouldn't spend, I wouldn't be the type that like goes into a magazine and is like, I like this $400 denim jacket. I I need to have this, you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I can guarantee you no one is going to pick out any of these things for anybody. Right. (laughs) Unless they're their, you know, like daughter that they don't love who they just spend money on i guess because <laughs> that's easier than because it's easier than when you're just like a shitty dad <laughs> yeah easier than expressing love yeah or mom you know maybe it's like a different scenario where it's like a you know rich couple but the dad is involved yeah the mom or it's you know could be anybody could be a group of people raising this rich child either way they're rich well this uh this uh, Brixton yes. faux leather hat mm-hmm. is only $45. Yeah. Uh, make your fall denim pop by styling it with a black turtleneck and leather Baker Boy hat. Baker Boy. Now, this is a woman wearing jeans, and what I can see is a hat and a jacket and bag and carrying another jacket. <laughs> This is one of the aspects of fashion. Wait, don't forget the iPhone. Yeah, there's also an iPhone. I don't mean to disrespect any of our fashion fans, if we have any fans who work in the fashion industry, but I truly, really do not understand, like, the laws and rules of this art form. Yeah, it's all kind of, like, temperamental. I comprehend what makes this stuff look like, like who it appeals to. It almost seems like people just respond to it because it's, like, funded. You could say that about a lot of art, actually, about yeah. movies, too, is that they just have financial support. Yeah, and you have, like, like it's really, it's kind of like any, like, highbrow art where it's, like, you have people at the top who are, like, the gatekeepers who are, like, I say that this is in. Yeah. And then they, like, sway the market. Now, like, this particular piece or this, like, certain like aesthetic is now hot and this is what's worth a lot of money you know it's like just because they said it and yeah uh you know not to say that they don't have good taste like i'm sure like i we all trust their taste i mean there's an art to clothing but i feel like there are perhaps the way it entangles with like corporate or weird money, yeah, yeah, is so opaque that I don't understand. Like it as an art form, like with movies and with paintings, there are like lines that I feel like you can draw through pop culture that point to like where they go back to. Yeah, but I know nothing about the history of clothing 
and I don't feel like I've ever really been given a mainstream opportunity to be interested in the, I mean, yeah. the history of clothing or like the history of art in clothing. Yeah. And yeah. I, it seems like sort of a new thing and that it's primarily exploited by people with money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's maybe, I don't know, like you have like, like Yves Saint Laurent who's like, you know, that was like the sixties or something like, yeah, it's been like happening for a while. Like, I don't know, definitely wasn't around when like these poor Kansans were <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. to, you know, yeah. shock their wheat or whatever. Yeah. It's why would interesting be... that we chose this as the <laughs> companion piece. To... Well, that's why. Yeah. I thought it would be highbrow, lowbrow. Yeah. I thought that it would be a good kind of brain breaking combination. Yeah. Let's get to some of the other items real quick before I guess we're done. But yeah, number two of 50 on the list of 50 cool outfits. Layer a flowy dress go through all 50. <laughs> over a pair of blue jeans for an unexpected styling combo. Get the look uh, for $270. So that's a flowy dress over jeans. Um, I don't know what part is $270. Maybe the jeans are 100 the dress is 170 But this one is crazy. Understated wardrobe essentials like a plaid coat and simple black slip dress look luxe when worn together. Uh, get the look. A Prada coat for $2,340. $2, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I can move uh, to New York City with that money. Definitely yeah. worth more than my life. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you could hire someone to kill me for probably $200, honestly. I've got enemies all over the neighborhood, <laughs> you know? All the elderly people that I cut in front of when I get on the bus. <laughs> all of the elderly people that I force out of the priority seating in the front of the bus when I get on the bus. You know, all, all the, the bus drivers of the bus. That I make let me drive the bus until the police come. All the bus drivers that you make drive over 50 miles an hour because you put a bomb on the bus that will explode if they go under 50 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. All the Keanu Reeves that kill me at the end and then make out with Sandra Bullock after they've killed a man. (laughs) Which is familiar territory, I think. Yeah, we talked about this in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, So for all the, uh, the fans out there that... Here's a callback. Good to know that we returned to first principles. We need a, we need a sound effect for yeah a callback. It's like, yeah, boom. Uh, we got a callback. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it just goes on for like three minutes. Yeah, just like leave him alone. Leave him alone. The, the ambulance is coming. It's the most grisly shooting video. Cinch a dress at the waist with one of the season's hottest accessory trends, the belt bag. That's a belt bag. I'm not going to name the brands anymore, I guess. Gucci. <laughs> it's $1,100. Uh, number five, try the unexpected combination of a sleek power blazer with a denim miniskirt, tights, and over-the-knee boots. Get the look. Uh, and it just says the denim skirt is $32. That's like the look to get. Yeah, this, you know. I mean, although the, I don't know why it doesn't 
factor in the price of the blazer because that's probably at least like oh, yeah. 70 that's, or 80 dollars probably yeah. like a hundred at least yeah i mean all these these looks are good looks like all these no, models they're, they're look bad. sharp yeah they, they look, look sharp like they look sharp in their dungarees yeah uh and their you know knock around boots right but could they work shocking wheat in the fields no but they could shock the workers of the field. You know, it would be pretty shocking to see one of these models roaming through their wheat fields. Yeah. You don't seem like you're from around here. <laughs> you're a fashion what? Model? What, what is it? No, just, <laughs> they just don't know why they have a southern accent. <laughs> just, That's like my <laughs> limited <laughs> idea of what. You're from New York, what? New York yeah. City? I mean, that that is my interpretation of this country. It's it's New York and L.A. and everything else is, well, you don't seem like you're from around here. <laughs> Let's get that freak. It's all Xavier Renegade Angel style yeah, yeah. next. Put a ladylike twist on jeans and t-shirt with a tweed jacket and classic pumps. Get the look. Tweed jacket for $331. Layer a simple cardigan over a colorful pleated skirt. Get a look. Pleated skirt, $30. Let's see. Wow, this one's good. A cherry red turtleneck offers up the perfect pop of color with an A-line denim mini and knee-high boots. Maybe A-line is a brand. Top it off with a sleek leather shearling jacket. If you get the look, uh, it is $3,385. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to get mad now. <laughs> <laughs> just, the novelty's worn off now. I'm just infuriated. Well, fashion is weird. I mean, I really am trying to like humor this, I guess. Yeah. But it's like... No, I understand. It's it's an art form. I get it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> not really sound like my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are sharp dungarees. I get it. It's uh... at the same time, it's like also like, what are we humoring? You know, it's like no, 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 no. It's fine that like the whitest and skinniest and tallest women are like wearing those weird <laughs> clothes that everyone wants to buy for no reason. Let's be open minded. That's like. Just be open-minded to this thing that's being jammed down everyone's throats. Yeah. But, you know, that's a, that's a generalization. <laughs> There's, yeah, like, potential yeah. for art in the way you dress, for sure. I wouldn't deny that at all. It's just, a, like, the, yeah. the assumptions that an article like this functions under are that people who are reading it are like, wow, this is a good idea. I should buy this. This is a thing I have to do. I mean, it's all just... Very strange. Yeah. Who is making these clothes? You know? I mean, that's, I guess, further research. Like, who's actually making them? Yeah, who's sewing them? Like, who is... which sweatshops? Yeah, like, what... Are people making them? Or, like, orangutans making them? (laughs) Have they taught them to do it yet? (laughs) Because once we force them to do it, I'm on board. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why haven't we put them to work? Anything that gets the orangutans out of play. (laughs) 
right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we investigated the harvest. We delved deep into history. We, we learned a lot. We learned a lot. We what, got. What did we learn? Well, the Midwest is often romanticized, even by me, and, and, and lots of rural areas. But just like where I came from, there's, you know, sort of startling reality that sometimes there's just nothing going on. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, I, I'm from the same place you're from, and uh, yeah, I can attest to that. It's There's a lot of romance, but it's not really worthy of, you know, an artistic representation. <laughs> but again, I don't mean to sound elitist, but it's... No, I get what you're saying. Not even worthy of life. <laughs> but, you know, everything is yeah, worthy yeah. of... It's got Everything needs to be written down. You know, like Star Wars, like they had to write that. Down yeah, because, yeah, that's true. Uh, we don't want to forget about that. Well, I was just thinking about I was thinking about the Star Wars thing earlier from our previous episode, episode four, where we talk about Star Wars. Yeah, episode I that. one we talk about John Don and Kate Chopin. Episode two we talk about Bam Margera and uh, the other story. Yes and no. Episode three, Cloud Atlas and. Um, Family Guy fan fiction. Episode four is Star Wars and uh, the Golden Eye Manual. Last episode, Finnegan's Wake and MacArthur Park. This episode. So there we go. Get that out of the way. Next episode? Next episode. Stay tuned. I think it's going to be a Halloween spectacular. But I was thinking earlier about the, the, the Star Wars Wikipedia and like the fact that people write that. And then thinking about this September 27th Wikipedia. And the fact that someone maintains this. Mm-hmm. Someone maintains one of these for every day of the year. Yeah. There's 365 of these. And then there's individual, like, there's links for all this stuff. Yeah. There's millions of <laughs> links. They're all maintained by people. We're all, you know, they're all just being passed down, these stories. Yeah. I guess so. Or something. Yeah. That's a good point. I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> These are just stories that are all being passed down for some reason or something. All right. Well, good night, everyone. All right, one more thing. No, I'm just